Hello and welcome to the Wolf Sports Show. I'm your host, Dave Chapin, and we're uh, up to week three now already of the NFL season. Starting with a week two recap, Washington and the Giants game last Thursday night was a really good one, entertaining. I saw some people saying they didn't think it was a good game. I don't know what they were watching, but Taylor Heineke, we said to look out for him after he flashed in the postseason last year. And he showed up. He played really well. Like in January last year, you could see just the team rallies around him for whatever reason. He provides a spark. And that throw to Ricky Seal-Jones in back of the end zone towards the end of the game against a pretty tough Giants defense was really impressive. And for the Giants, Daniel Jones also played extremely well. He put passes on the money, gave his receivers chances to make plays. People were getting on Darius Slayton for the drop touchdown. He should have caught it, as everyone said, but I don't think it was quite as easy of a catch as people made it out to be. Like He, he kind of only got one hand on it. Maybe he could have tracked it a little better, but it wasn't like the worst drop in league history. But people are negative, so they like to pile on somebody when they don't do well, I guess. And also Kenny Galladay had a, the deep throw down the right sideline. Jones put it on the money. And Galladay just couldn't quite get to it. He normally makes those catch, as Troy Aikman said on, on the broadcast. He normally would make a tough catch like that. So I look for J- Jones to keep playing well. He's running the ball when it's there on the outside on like zone reads. And his receiver should step up to make plays. Galladay kind of yelled at offensive coordinator Jason Garrett, but everyone's saying everything's fine. Things like that happen. And I'm pretty sure Galladay is going to get more targets moving forward. And also Saquon Barkley showed flashes with his long run. He couldn't get much else going, but like you could see, he's he looks pretty much back from the knee injury, and he should have a huge breakout game soon maybe as soon as this Sunday against the Falcons. For the Sunday games, the Raiders were probably the biggest story of the early games. The defense, it hasn't been great, obviously, the past few years under under John Gruden. He wanted to get that sorted out, and I was questioning some of the moves the Raiders made this offseason, but Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley looks like one of the best moves, clearly, of any team. That defense is flying around, making plays, playing fast. And if they're, I think I said this in episode one, if the Raiders' defense is good, the Raiders are going to be really good because Derek Carr, he's really comfortable in Gruden's offense. He has weapons even after losing Aguilar last year. Henry Rugg stepped up with a huge touchdown last week. Brian Edwards is an emerging big receiver on the outside. Darren Waller is a beast. And the Raiders went to Heinz Field and they beat the Steelers. Raiders didn't have Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders are onto something here. The Panthers are another big story. I've said it's just pretty much a matter of when, not if, they get turned around under Matt Rule and become like a perennial contender. And it might be as early as this year. 
the defense is extremely fast and versatile and they just completely shut down the saints after the saints demolished the Packers in week one. Sam Darnold is comfortable in Joe Brady's offense. He has plenty of weapons to throw to, including Christian McCaffrey, who is healthy and performing as we all expected. And the talent on the defensive side of the ball for the Panthers is really underrated. Like I said, young, fast, versatile. And they might have a coming out party kind of um, in the national spotlight playing Thursday night tonight against the Texans. Sticking with the early games from week two, the Bills, again, just they have the Dolphins number right now. It was 35-0 win for Buffalo. Josh Allen hasn't played like up to the level he was at last year, but still he played well against the Bills. They ran the ball, opened it up quick with a long Devin Singletary touchdown run. Stephon Diggs scored another touchdown from Allen. They just Miami doesn't really have any answers for Buffalo at all. It didn't hurt that Tua got hurt, obviously, and now he's set to miss time with fractured ribs, which isn't great. But also for the Bills, the defense, another group that really flied around. They got after the Dolphins, who couldn't do much offensively, and were first Tua and then Jacoby Brissett were under a ton of pressure. And it's pretty funny how wrong people are, especially a big network person about the Bills, like, making it like they're not good at all. They were fluke last year, I guess. I think they're going to prove everyone wrong again because people made it like Josh Allen was one of the worst prospects in history and wouldn't be good at all. But he's arguably could have been the MVP last year. So those people are pretty much just buffoons and they just get their clicks or whatever, but they'll probably be proven wrong on Buffalo often over the years. Allen does say, he said after the week that like they need to play better or he needs to play better in particular. And I think they should get back to the level they were last year pretty soon. The Patriots definitely got on track with the win against the Jets, blowout win. Defense intercepted Zach Wilson four times. We kind of knew, like, Bill Belichick has the number of rookie quarterbacks. We kind of knew it would be a bad start for Wilson, but it was pretty nightmarish with four interceptions and two on his first two passes. I think it was four in his first ten attempts. But, like, he's he's in a tough spot. The Jets really haven't had a franchise quarterback for years. It's going to take some building in New York. Other rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks have gone through it, like Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman. They've taken a lot of bumps and bruises early in their career, and they've come out strong, obviously, two Hall of Famers. So Wilson, at least he's getting experience, and same goes for Trevor Lawrence. They just got to keep their confidence, not try to do too much because it's probably tough. They're not used to losing so many games. The Vikings-Cardinals game was kind of crazy. At the end, the Vikings eventually were in position for a go-ahead field goal. It was kind of a chip shot, but it just felt obvious they were going to miss. Unfortunately, Mike Zimmer's teams have had bad luck with the kicking game, dating back to years 
the playoff loss a handful of years ago when they should have won on the really short field goal against the Seahawks. And it's like they need to kind of do like a Ted Lasso type of thing where they reverse the curse to (laughs) – they got to do something to get the kicking game right under Zimmer. And in that game for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he's been amazing for fantasy football and makes crazy plays all the time, but he needs to cut down on the interceptions. He's thrown three through two games. The Cardinals are really talented. Like Murray, him making crazy plays is part of his game. That makes him so good, but he needs to cut down on the turnovers, especially when they play like tougher teams moving forward, like the Rams in their division, Seahawks, Niners. So he's got to cut down on the interceptions. Speaking of the Seahawks, they had a big lead over the Titans, but then Derrick Henry ran wild like it was December already. He's just unstoppable. If the Titans stick with the run, he just wears down defenses. And it was good to see them stick with the run, even when they were down two touchdowns. Also, it was good to see Julio Jones get going. He had over 100 yards, and the connection with Ryan Tannehill looks to be strong. Like I said last week, it was kind of tough, tough, I think, for them in week one with no preseason. And also, like Julio didn't practice much during the summer. But they appear to be clicking a little bit. Also, Jones should have had a touchdown, I think. They're, after a view, they said his heel was down. I don't know. There are angles that show his heel was not down. His heel was like had green between it and the line. Julio's another guy with bad luck. His luck has been with touchdowns. Part of it is he's so good he gets like doubled in the red zone, but I guess people get on him about not scoring touchdowns, but he's obviously one of the best receivers in NFL history, most receiving yards per game in history by a pretty large margin, even though he kind of started his career before passing offense or totally taking off in terms of numbers. The Chargers, they had a close win in week one, but then they had a close loss in week two against the Cowboys. They're another reverse-the-curse type of team. For whatever reason, they just can't win close games, it seems. But you got to give the Cowboys credit. The defense is another impressive unit early this season. Trevon Diggs, again, he was mentioned last week, and he's looking like a star cornerback. He had an interception of Justin Herbert. And the run game for Dallas... Again, people were complaining after the season opener, like the Cowboys didn't run enough. Well, you can't really run on the Bucks. The Bucks with Vita Bay and all them, they are really tough to run on. So it was when Dallas passed the ball fine. They moved the ball through the air. But they didn't have to face the Bucks in week two, so they were able to run more with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is like a total weapon. Sixteen touches, I think, on twenty one snaps. So it's good to see him get involved too. And for the night game, I didn't like predict it or anything, but I just had a feeling the Ravens might pull off the upset. Lamar Jackson, he ran for over 100 yards against the Chiefs, and that was big. People are going to get on Jackson until pretty much he wins the Super Bowl and like plays well in the game as a passer. But if running is what it takes to beat teams like the Chiefs, then he's just got to do that. He's got to put his pride aside and just run, do what it takes. Don't worry about playing from the pocket, which he can do. 
he needs to do it more consistently, especially in January, but he can play from the pocket and he needs to not listen to the, the doubters that are going to get on him until he does it in January. But if in January he's hoping the Ravens get there, if in January he has to run to win, that's what he's got to do. And the Packers appear to be back after the shaky sluggish week one. The lines were in it for the first half, but then Green Bay turned it on. And Devontae Adams, leading up to week two, said he's getting doubled a lot, but that's just like a fact of life for him. And he talked to Aaron Rodgers about testing it some. Adams had a good game, but like the lines were playing too deep a lot. And if their teams are doing that, the Packers are just going to go with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns, three receiving on a few underneath routes. And it's kind of pick your poison facing Green Bay. That's when they're at their best. Just take what the defense gives you. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, so he knows what he's doing. And he just he'll remain patient, and the Packers are tough to stop. All right, so I kind of complained about the player of the week, how Matthew Stafford won it from week one, which made no sense to me when Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Winston, Russell Wilson all probably should have won NFC Offensive Player of the Week over him for week one. Well, it continues. Player of the week last week was Kyler Murray. For week two was Kyler Murray. I don't get that. Tom Brady threw five touchdowns, and other guys could have and should have, I think, gotten the nod over Murray. Again, Murray probably should have won week one, maybe. But he had a couple of interceptions against Vikings. I don't think he was player of the week. I don't know what. It's like these people that vote, I don't know, the media people, it's like they don't even watch the games, maybe. I'm not really sure, but Murray should have won week one. It's like they were delayed in their reactions or something. Going back to the Jaguars, Vic Fangio, Broncos head coach. He, I guess Irving Meyer is okay with him admitting this. He said that Meyer told him like in the NFL every week is like, you're going up up against Alabama. So that's kind of speaks to the challenge the NFL is, especially at Ohio state and at Florida. Meyer kind of had the better team almost every single week, what, 99% of the time. So it's going to be a process for Meyer and the Jaguars as Meyer gets acclimated to the NFL. Also, Tom Brady has another issue with, like, kind of the state of the NFL, I guess. He said the game's kind of gotten soft from where it was when he started. That's undoubtedly true. Guys can go over the middle without needing to fear defenders too much. That makes it easier on quarterbacks. He's fine with it, putting up big numbers, but I think he definitely prefers how the game was. And you got these young quarterbacks putting up big numbers, and some of them might actually catch up to him, even if they don't play close to as long with how the game is slanted and another game on the schedule, 17-game season, soon 18-game season probably. It seems like Brady's kind of a traditionalist. Didn't like the jersey number thing, as I talked about before doesn't like the rules being slanted to the offense, and I definitely agree with him on all that. Okay, so week two kicks off tonight with the Panthers going to Houston. Again, I think the dynamic Panthers defense is going to fly around and maybe have like a coming-out party where everyone recognizes they're a force complementing a talented offense. It's not a great Thursday night game, but there's some star power, Christian McCaffrey. And again, we'll see the defense 
will maybe get introduced to the national stage. Also, Justin Fields will be making his first career start with Andy Dalton dealing with a bone bruise in his knee. Fields didn't have the week of practice as a starter leading up to week two, but he kind of struggled when he got in the game for Dalton against the Bengals. He's going to run. He can run around and make plays. But I want to see how he fares as a passer. It won't be an easy matchup facing the Browns, a Browns defense that hasn't really played up to its expectation to this point, but they'll get a chance to face a rookie making his first start. Chargers and Chiefs should be a fun one in the early window. They're both coming off losses. Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense played the Chiefs really tough last year, and I'm looking for that to definitely be a fun one. A lot of points should be scored. After the Washington defense struggled last week and the front four really hasn't dominated like many expected, if they don't get after Josh Allen, I think this could be the game. The Bills, like, kind of, they just scored 35 points, but they might really explode on offense and look like their 2020 form this week if Washington cannot get after them. The Colts are 0-2, so they're in a hole. They face the Titans coming off the big comeback win at Seattle. And Carson Wentz, it's like almost parody. I feel bad, but like he sprained both his ankles. He's dealt with a ton of injuries throughout his career. He's questionable. They're doing everything they can to get him on the field on Sunday. But if not, it sounds like Jacoby Brissett might get some playing time along with Jacob Beeson. And they're in a tough spot staring at 0-3. I think they need to get Jonathan Taylor going. Just feed him 20, 25 carries like the Titans did with Henry. So that'll be a good matchup of two of the league's best running backs. Jameis Winston kind of went back to his old ways last week. I've mentioned the LASIK surgery. I guess it didn't help against the Panthers in week two. He's trying to do too much. And it won't get much easier in Foxborough this week. So Winston's got to avoid his old ways somehow. Bucks Rams, I think everyone agrees, is the game of the week. I think it's the lowest spread, one and a half for the Bucks. Antonio Brown is currently on the COVID list after, after testing positive, but he was vaccinated, so it's a tight window, but he has a chance to get cleared if he can test negative. I think it's two consecutive days leading up to the game. Either way, the Bucks have plenty of weapons for Brady to do some damage against a really good Rams defense. And it'll be interesting to see how Matthew Stafford does facing like, I'd say clearly the number one team in the league right now, the Bucks. Stafford didn't have a ton of success in Detroit against winning teams. You could say maybe it's because the team he was on, but this will be like a big measuring stick for Stafford for sure. Packers, Niners on Sunday night will be interesting. The Packers got the better of the Niners last year when San Francisco was banged up, but the Niners have had some big games against Green Bay, including in the playoffs. A lot of that had to do with the Niners running the ball really well. They're really banged up at running back. We'll see if Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon can go on Sunday night. And to end week three, the Eagles... They lost Brandon Graham for the season to a torn Achilles. Unfortunately, he's been a really reliable player for them. And they need people to step up on the edge. 
they're, the Eagles are going to Dallas to face a Cowboys team that looked really good overall. Again, the defense is playing well. Michael Parsons moved to the edge and had an excellent game against the Chargers in week two. I think the NFC East is kind of wide open as usual, but Dallas can make a statement with a big win, and the Eagles can too if the Eagles can pull off the upset on the road. And there's been questions about the against the spread picks or betting picks, whatever. We'll do one this week for entertainment purposes only. I'm not, as I've said, big on the betting craze. It's constantly on TV with the commercials from all these massive companies. But I'll give one for now. We'll see what happens. I'm going to say Carolina minus eight at Houston. The Thursday night games can be kind of shaky. Crazy stuff happens sometimes. But I think the Panthers will be ready to go flying around on both sides of the ball. And they face Davis Mills. I'm interested to see how Mills does in his first start. He's kind of like a pro-ready guy. Was an intriguing third-round pick. Somewhat surprising for Houston. But he's going to be thrown in there with Tyrod Taylor out with a hamstring injury. And Mills is going to get good playing experience as he looks to show he can be the long-term answer for the Texans. So I like Carolina, minus eight at Houston. And now finally to the questions. And Kenny from New Hampshire, your Heineke prediction is looking good, but think Washington will go after Marcus Mariota if he falls off. Well, Mariota's on IR now, so I don't see anything happening. I don't see Washington making any big move at quarterback with Mariota or Cam Newton or anyone, unless like it gets an emergency situation. But again, Mariota's on IR, so he'll miss at least three weeks with a quad issue. And the Raiders seem like they want to use Mariota. Carr's off to a great start, but Mariota can do some of the zone read stuff. Going his only play in week one, he had a great run. I think that's how he got hurt on the run. And the Raiders would like to do some of that stuff with Mariota. It's another element. It adds another element to John Gruen's offense to for defenses to prepare for. I don't see them moving on from Mariota. They kept him in the offseason, even though he probably could have got a starter job somewhere. And they clearly had plans for him. They'll probably use him again when he gets back. But I think Washington will just go with Heineke. And he has Heineke has a shot to keep the job even when Ryan Fitzpatrick returns. So we'll see how that works out. If you have questions for future shows, feel free to include your name, hometown, state, whatever, if you'd like, or country, even if you're an international listener. Just email David Chapine at wolfsports.com. And you can also go to wolfsports.com for power rankings, giving outlooks and thoughts on all 32 teams, game picks, fantasy football stuff. We also have the Fantasy Consigliere podcast. So check out wolfsports.com for all that. And one, the Wolf Sports Show there. Feel free to, again, send any questions you have, make any recommendations. If you want to see any type of segments, talk about any particular teams, I try to hit as many as I can each week. Just any thoughts, feel free to send them over. And please rate, subscribe, whatever. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And the ratings give us a boost so please do that if you like the show thank you again for listening and have a great weekend